everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of Crossover Commerce. I'm your host, Ryan Kramer, and this is my corner of the internet where I bring the best and brightest in the Amazon and e-commerce space. That is what this podcast is about, is bringing different parts of the industry into this corner of the internet so we can educate you, whether it be an entrepreneur who's trying to, uh, is an SMB or a small and medium-sized business, or you're trying to grow your business to new heights in international uh, ways that you never thought possible, but we're going to try to get you the tips and tricks and everything I can of each and every one of our guests in this podcast to help you grow your business. That being said, want to go ahead and give a quick shout out to the presenting sponsor of this podcast, Ping Pong Payments. So if you're watching this and you don't know what uh, Ping Pong Payments is or who they are, perfectly fine, but you haven't been paying attention. If you're seen any one of our past episodes or episodes, uh, all 100 and 90 leading up to today, Ping Pong Payments is helping international sellers, whether it be domestically paying international suppliers, manufacturers, BAs, or anyone in a different country, helping them save time, money, and effort. What does that mean? That means you can actually pay out your employees, uh, business entities in localized currency without ever having to step foot in that country. And that means helping people save time, money, and fees. That is obviously money that you can put towards your bottom line. You can hire a different person. You can order more inventory. You can uh, start to take that money and expand your business or just have it padded so that on a rainy day, you can have those funds saving for you and working for your business instead of paying fees through uh, banks or any other sort of service out there. So that being said, utilize and sign up for ping pong payments today by going to usa.pingpongx.com forward slash podcast. And that's where you will find all of our past episodes, all 190 leading up to today, which I'm super excited about this Friday, December. Let's check the watch here. December 3rd, if you're listening to this, I'm at a different date. We're in the midst of Q4. We come out of, I've heard it called Turkey 5 by some people. Uh, that's the five days between um, Thursday, uh, Black Friday into Cyber Monday. I believe it's five days or so. Check my math on that. But it's been a crazy week thus far. People are looking at statistics what that means for businesses going forward. And believe it or not, a lot of people have seen that it has dropped in terms of uh, sales year over year. The first time it has dropped, but it's still growing uh, year over year, but doesn't mean that there's too many major takeaways. Um, but in terms of that, my quick analysis would be people are buying more on different parts of the year. There's logistics problems or sourcing problems. There's lots of different inventory issues, um, but people are just trying to shop at different parts of the year. That means a quick analysis of that. Why that applies to today is because there's a lot of buzz about how brands are starting to grow going into 2022. You're looking at December 3rd and you're looking at the rest of the year. What are your plans for 2022? How am I going to grow my business even further? Whether it be starting out or launching new products or just trying to grow an audience, what are those ways? Those ways are going to be going through influencer marketing. Influencer marketing, if you uh, have been living under a rock, that's anywhere on social media, someone who has an audience of a certain degree, right? That would be of small magnitude of one to a thousand people, or that could be nano influencers up to 10,000 uh, macro, uh, and you go, you know, full-fledged supernova influencer, whatever we want to call it, and you want to dictate to it. Those are people that have the blue check marks who are going to have the major followings, the sponsorships, things like that. Why that's important to small and medium-sized business owners, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So without further ado, want to go ahead and welcome on our guest. We're going to have, be talking with Cody Wittick of uh, Kinship uh, today, and we're going to be ki kindly talking through us, kindly talking through, I hope it's always kind, grow, uh, talking through growing your e-commerce business through influencer marketing. Without further ado, Cody, 
Welcome to Crossover Commerce. Thanks for hopping on today. Thanks, Ryan. It's good to be yes. here. Yeah, of course. So uh, you, uh, you're you joining us from Orange County, California. Did I pronounce the name of the company right? That's first and foremost. Kinship? Is that yeah. how we... There's yeah. a K-Y-N, and that could be, I was like, kneeship or anything like that, <laughs> or it's like a no. silent K. What are we going with here? So what's that coming? Well, uh, first and foremost, congrats on the success of everything you've done, and I appreciate you joining us today. I'm a little, a little uh, want to know more about you and their background. How do we get where we are today? And you uh, hopping off calls and talking to the likes of working with like what LeBron James, Dale Earnhardt. Uh, I, I saw a lot of A-list celebrities that was pretty impressive. I'll, I'll give that to you, uh, uh, working with those kinds of people in the influencer marketing space. So tell me about you. Tell me about the company. Yeah. So before starting Kinship, I mean, those names you referenced was at a brand called Kalo. That's where I kind of cut my teeth with influencer marketing. Um, they started this silicone wedding ring uh, industry. Um, and is that your wedding ring first and foremost? Or is, is that something you just have on hand? Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. hopefully we're married and we're not just using us for like props or anything like no, that. No, I don't <laughs> have any other presentation things to present today. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's where I cut my teeth in influencer marketing and was building out the influencer program there from basically 2014, 15 to 2018, right before the month before January, 2019, when we started Kinship. Um, and yeah, we got to work. At, I mean, gosh, a lot happened in those years uh, of a lot of mistakes too, but um, also got to work with a lot of big names. And um, yeah, it was the Facebook ads heyday too uh, at that time with testimonials and being able to repurpose their content. So that's dictated a lot of our strategy even today, but um, times have changed. So um, but yeah, because of the use case of the ring, it was just such a wide ranging, uh, categorically that we could work with influencers in all different categories that I was able to get a lot of experience and from, you know, the big time athletes to all the way down to your mommy bloggers of the world. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool product. And obviously the first, I want to say one of the first of its kind, if not like the very popular brand that even today has, is still popular amongst a lot of different people has a wide use case too. So you're doing that, you're working in an industry that really hasn't, doesn't have a playbook, right? Like this is something you're just like make, not making up as you go, but you're trying to dictate what's going to work, what is it, what is, and going from there. Why, uh, why do you think it was so important then? And obviously it's grown to new heights even today to develop a new company out of why do you think it was so important to develop a new company? Well, I mean, as you're finding oh. out that this was where the market was going, like what, what's been that journey like? And then obviously you're you're going to stake a, a business around it, that it's going to be sufficient. It's going to be here for yeah. a long time. And you guys are going to work with multiple clients instead of one brand. Right. Um, obviously, that's one big use case, but this is something where you're hopefully working with yeah. hundreds of products now I, and going I from there. I fully believe in influencer marketing as a channel. Um it's always been around. If you just look at history as a, as a great teacher, it's always been around. Um, just the mediums have changed. And so it used to be just TV commercials, seeing your favorite athletes or favorite influencers. You just didn't always call them influencers, right? And then mm -hmm. as it's morphed, it's just morphed into Instagram stories. And now I get to see LeBron James in his you know kitchen talking about Taco Tuesday with his family. Like it, they're just <laughs> incredible more access into their lives, which makes them all the more influential. So I just think the platforms will continue to change time and time again. 
you know, in 15 years, it won't be TikTok anymore. Maybe um, it'll be something else. But um, yeah, influencers will always be around because we've always looked at other humans to look for inspiration um, or connection, etc. Right. So in that regards, is it just the access into someone's like personal lives of, hey, this is what I use. It's like, like you said, it's always been around of you see somebody, I think in olden days, like people reference like smoking, like not, right. not a, not a, obviously there's science behind it, but I saw people that you would look up to. Maybe that's why people started smoking. It's like, oh, that's really cool. I want to do yeah. something like that. I want to feel like that person. John Wayne become, with camels. Right. Exactly. I was going to say the John Wayne of Cam, uh, the uh, camel John Wayne connection yeah. of that, that, that was always what you associated with one versus the other. You would be people in front of those brands, but now it's almost because like, is it because of influencers in that regards? Is that a, has it become a dirty term or has it become a, a term that like it, it's so broad range because you can obviously you can say it in a good way, but you can also say it in a bad way. You can influence decisions. Like ultimately that's what it comes from. What do we, have you established like other sorts of uh, definitions in terms of like where we're, where yeah, we're going with this? Yeah, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't get really into the name. I, I think people try to get cute and try to, oh, we don't use influencers because we call them content creators or, you know, we call them ambassadors and stuff like that. Whatever word you want to use, they're still the same, <laughs> same means they're you're influencing other people around you, whether it be your audience on social media or um, you're a business owner and you're not on social media, but you're influencing those around you. So obviously like when we're talking influencer marketing, we're talking about people on social media, um, but everybody has influence. So, right whether we want to use that word or not. I like to just still say the same word or use influencer just because I want to change sort of the connotation of the way that people think about influencer marketing, which sometimes it is negative. Right. So yeah, I, I guess like starting that and starting your business with Kinship, is it is that something where, what was that decision from going from a known brand to something where you have to like now solicit and work with different clients as well, like different <laughs> um brands like it, you have to different markets you have to focus on right like you have yeah. you said anywhere from like celebrity clients to mommy bloggers that you're working with on a day-to-day -day basis that's a lot wider ranging uh focus that you have to do instead of hey we have one brand we're working for and now that's it like what, what was that jump like in terms of that capacity oh man um i could talk for hours about this but i think <laughs> it's also just an early business startup life right you're just trying to figure out what people want and scale that and honestly like the first year and a half we were just trying to figure that out you know like what is what brands want what do they need um, and how do we like position that so it's not so much about their brand and product but just like what do like consistent d2c e-commerce brand owners want out of influencers and i think a lot of times we were just trying to of course when you're surviving as a startup too especially in the early days you're just you're doing whatever hey whatever you want i'll do for you um just to try to keep the the train moving um but eventually like you get to a point where i think you can service them the way that you know best and i think that was actually tying back into my days at kalo what we ended up doing a lot and what we'll talk a lot about today i'm sure which is mm -hmm. doing influencer seating for brands and kind of putting a package together that was really attractive for brand owners in that way. But before that was, I mean, we we're just, yeah, we we're just trying to service any sort of influencer service uh, for clients um, in the beginning. And I think 
a lot of, I'm, I'm sure you probably relate to that. Every, you know, brand owner probably or business owner relates to that in some degree. Absolutely. So yeah, you brought up a fascinating point. And uh, when I was doing some research into the company, I like the facet that how the process you've kind of established like this are this KPI or the KPIs that you want to put together, but also just the process of what you're doing it. Fascinating in terms of product seeding. What do you, what do you mean by product seeding? I have a general concept. I think I know what you're talking about but yeah. for the listener and uh, watcher out there. What does that mean um, for the, for the Joe Schmo, if you will? It means sending your product out for free. That's essentially what it is, whether that be to your mom or <laughs> to your friends and family. But when we say it's to influencers, um, to people of influence, the people that you really would be proud that they represent your company, um, those are the people that you'd want to send out product for free. But essentially the basic definition um, comes from broadcast farming, like seeding. You're just throwing seed on the ground. Some sprouts up. I'm from Orange County, so you're in Indianapolis. Maybe you can tell me a little bit more about this, but um, I don't, that's my basic understanding of it. Some will sprout out, some won't, but the, some that does sprout up, like those are the relationships that you now have that you can create long-term partnerships with. So that's kind of the foundation and basic definition of seeding. Yeah. Farming one-on-one, like not every seed's going to grow. Obviously someone's going to, you know, die off and not everything is going to take root, but the things that do grow, obviously you can bear fruit from it. I mean, yeah. Farming one-on-one of, yeah, feel that way, feel that way, feel that way. Um, <laughs> it's it's all around us and, and it needs to happen, but obviously you got to cultivate it, you got to grow it. It's mm -hmm. beginning processes of it. Is there, um, so obviously, I mean, that makes sense. Like you want to send it to people. I'm assuming there's like a list of people you can inevitably send goods to. It's not something you're just going to broadcast. Like, for example, where LeBron James lives, like he can, you can look it up, but you're not going to give away addresses to people like go crazy and send them a bunch of different stuff. So yeah. how does how does that how do you like um, how do you kind of rein that in? Is it by categories, by product type? People are open to receiving that kind of stuff. Where where, where does that process um, begin? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you nailed it. That's the first step of you got to be able to identify the right influencers for your brand. Um, so obviously, if you're a sock or a running shoe company, um, you're not going to be sending these to people that play NFL or anything like mm -hmm. that. So um, that's kind of like no duh. But then there's things deeper in terms of identifying the right influencers that are going to reap what you end up wanting. So some people and what we think is like great video content creators that are going to lend itself to great video UGC in return, stuff like that. But yeah, your foundational level, you guys know the brand the best. You should be able to identify the right people that fit along those things mm -hmm. um, and those, you know, qualitative metrics. Is it a wish list? Almost like uh, that'd be really cool if we can get our product in the hands of like this person. I feel like we know their their identity, but then again, I guess I guess then it comes to like in theory, you know that person and its perception. But then you might have an athlete or someone who might have like a like you said, we were talking either pre-show like you know Taco Tuesday or something like that with LeBron James, and like he has all these like intricacies. Like he's again, I know this because I've we money people follow him, but like, he's a big wine person. He's a big right. like cigar person, but he's also a big health and fitness person. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, branded by Nike, clearly uh, there, there's all these different things that kind of fit in different aspects of their lives. How do you, how do you become aware of like their passions and their goals? like almost a side thing that they're not known for, but then they will also want to be a part of. Yeah. I, I mean, there, there's some tools that help you, I mean, especially nowadays in, in this world. Um, most of the time, like, we're not talking about the macros of the world because 
right. macros. There's so many people that are that are following them for eight different reasons, rather than a micro that's smaller. And when I say micro, I say really anyone sub 150k of following. Mm -hmm. um, there's like a million different definitions out there, but that's kind of right. our micro, man, nano. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but usually you're following that person because they are a vegan food blogger and that's, and you're a vegan and you love food and that's why you're following them. Um, so it's just like one to two reasons compared to like eight to nine when you get at like a bigger scale. So would that be, so brands that are coming to you, where, where do I join you on my journey? If I'm an e-commerce seller, am I doing this from the beginning, like launching a product? Like I haven't even been public for a long time. What's the mm -hmm. traditional, you know, wh when do I engage with Kinship? Well, the short answer is if you can afford us, then we'll work with you. That's fine. Um, but normally I think you're a little bit late. You're a little bit down the road in terms of you got branding, you got your unboxing experience, you have your website. And so you're not just starting out, but you got kind of like your customer experience dialed in. Um, and, but yeah, as far as like the product goes, like that's when I think we can start at any stage in terms of being able to identify and start our process alongside with you. Do you, um, do you, is it a lot of just like coaching? Like you have to tell people, Hey, these are the steps along the way. You can't just like jump from, from the beginning to like the end of the road. Like it, it's that growing experience. Is that what a lot of the calls in day to day have to be in a, in a profession like yours of, Hey, this is a process. It's going to grow over time. You can't just like snap your fingers and make everything happen. What, what's that like? <laughs> on a day-to-day -day basis for you? Yeah, I mean, as an agency <laughs> provider, I think the biggest thing that I tell people is like, you just gotta communicate expectations over and over and over again. Like this is what, you know, our first call was about and over and over again, like we're communicating the same thing of what we can expect. Um, that's where we've run into issues where we're not communicating, but yeah, communicating, up front, like this is what you're going to get. Cause I, I think with, with these relationships, like you said, it does, it's not like overnight, but with our process, like you're going to get in the short term, a ton of UGC, a ton of organic posts for free, um, all those sorts of things. But then those relationships, that's where it starts to materialize. Um, I think like what you're mentioning too, is like all marketing comes with inherent risk. Like you don't, just turn on Facebook ads and just start getting conversion for every dollar that you spend and mm -hmm. not get anything. And you're willing to risk that because you believe in the platform. Same thing with influencers. You got to believe that these relationships will be valuable to you long-term. Um, and some won't get it. Some won't, you know, like the product, just like your customers kind of return the product. So you gotta be willing to take that risk as you start seeding out and sending your product out for people and building relationships with people. Got it. So where, where does a, where's a good place to start? Like if I'm listening to this, I like it. I want to like my, my company to another level. People have told me I want, I need to get an influencer marketing. I need to start some sort of program. What does that look like? And where do you typically point people in that direction? I would start with seating. Um, I'm going to be a broken record today, but that, that is just the most foundational way because most of the time, you know, when I talk to brand owners all day long, they all say, I want a long-term community of influencers that are posting about me consistently over time. I say, great. Your behavior needs to match that belief system. And most of the time, their behavior that goes against that belief system is a bunch of one-off posts 
paying people, very transactional. Oh, this person has a sexy amount of followers. So I want to get to them and I want to pay for their, you know, access into their audience. Um, and then everybody kind of wipes their hands, cleans and moves on. The way I would say is start, you just got to get your product and brand into their hands because those are the going to be the people that you want to work with anyways. Um, because you want the advocacy that they drive to their audiences to be genuine. And it's only genuine if they believe in your brand ethos, they love your product, et cetera. What about, um, so in that regards, if I'm seeding, like with the process, like I know we kind of like, we're going back to it and I know I don't, I don't mind broken record. I think it's super important to understand yeah. um, from that capacity. The, is that, is there like metrics that can support like behind like the whole 80, 20 rule, like uh, 80% of the products I'm going to send out there, like 20% will be like yeah. uh, accepted or how, I mean, what, where, how do you insert that, that processes is it on you as a brand? Is it like, do you reach out to them on like DMS or is there contact information? Like yeah. you know, you're as a company facilitate some of those, those relationships. Yeah, we're, we like, do it all. We're, we're doing it all like A through Z, but yeah, let's get into the practicalities. Um, I would reach out through DM and email. And every outreach that you send, it should be, hey, Ryan, this is a free gift. We'd love to send you the product, no strings attached. And all that means is there's no expectation for you to do anything with it. I just want to get the product into your hands. From there, as you outreach to all these people offering that same gift, you should expect at least 20% of people to opt in. You know, if your brand and product is better than that, maybe you get more opt-in. Um, Let's just be real. So like if you have more credibility, if your brand product is awesome or really attractive or sexy, you're going to get more opt-in. But as a minimum benchmark, you should expect 20% opt-in. So mm -hmm. if, 30 per, if you reach out to 30 influencers, you should expect six to opt-in and say, yes, I'd love to receive your product. Mm -hmm. Now, of, of the people that you outreach to, you should expect 30% of those to post for free without you even asking. So that, and, that, and that's just a, they, they understand, like it, it's, it's pretty apparent. Like people understand I'm sending product for you to take a look at if you like it, they, they, they get that right. Like that's the whole concept behind influencer marketing. You're on social media, of course, like you're, I mean, no string is attached, but you're not expecting them to, but they also understand like, Hey, if I do like this, I will say, got this in the mail today, tag social X, Y, Z, maybe. Um, yeah, I think like you're talking about. I think people are really honored by generosity. So they feel like a sense of like, oh, wow, like this was a really awesome gift. They didn't even ask for anything. I'm going to throw it up on my story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a TikTok video out of it. But it's again, it's their own genuine interaction with it. If they don't like it. They're not going to post about it. Sure. Um, Makes and sense. You don't, you don't want to work with them anyways. But yeah, you should expect at least 30% to post for free just without you even asking is there a tip? Is there a tip to find like people like that that would be in my version? Like if I'm selling like um, children's clothing items or yeah. or children's toys or something like that, like that's not something that I would naturally follow on my own social channels based on what likes. It's just a business that I'm operating. How would you search for that? Is it you, you can just go into Instagram and search baby, you know, toys <laughs> or something like that, like yeah. followers? How do you how do you start to seek out some of these influencers? There's three free tools. And they're all on social media. One, I'll just start with Facebook, which is probably the least amount of people that use in terms of like younger demographic. Mm -hmm. But Facebook brands collabs manager, or maybe we should call it Meta for so Facebook RIP. Meta Manager. Meta Meta for creators. I think if you Google that, um, it's just a way that you'll 
it's free. You can discover influencers that are on Facebook and Instagram on there. The second is Instagram itself. If you go on a profile, so if you just know one influencer that you're like, oh man, I've been following this influencer. I'd love to get them the, our product, et cetera. Go on their profile. There's a little drop down arrow that if you hit that drop down arrow, it'll pump out algorithm picked influencers that are all similar to that same influencer. Yep. Back in like the heyday, 2014, 2015, before all these tools are out there, I would spend hours discovering influencers for Halo. <laughs> doing that. Putting in your uh, spreadsheets and things like that. You're like, this exactly. person can be found at handle this way. Yeah. And then the third is TikTok, which is a hot ticket that people should be jumping on now. Um, but it's called Creator Marketplace. Hmm. Also free. It's owned by TikTok, but you can apply as an advertiser or as a brand and you should get locked. Uh, accepted but that's a way that all three of those especially the tiktok creator marketplace and the brands collabs manager you can go on and search like if i'm jim shark i can search jim shark and like people mentioning that or like you mentioned the baby clothing you know people mentioning baby clothes or kids or anything like that mm -hmm. is there um how often should i be doing this as a brand owner because shoot <laughs> there's uh without without like mitigating the amount of quote actual influencers out there i say actual again it's a scale and degree of people can become i can start my tiktok account today and in a week i can have a pretty significant fall i mean like that's just the nature of growing people are opting in they're trying to get content that's applicable yeah. to them and the algorithm is a fire hose literally you can't like there's no offshoots like that's why tiktok right. is so popular you understand this, but for the listener out there, just this fire hose of content that's only coming from one source. I can't go to stories. I can't go to posts. I can't go to right. uh, reels or anything like that. It's all contained in one like constant literal, literal stream. Um, and that's how you find people. So there's in that regards, how also, how often am I checking for new people to the market or how should, how often should I like refresh my list of people? Daily, weekly, monthly, what's is there a good practice? I'm gonna I'm gonna say something pretty controversial here. Um, every time you take a dump, you could go check out and discover influencers. Every time you have to go to the bathroom, got it. There you go. <laughs> Makes sense. It's that regular, huh? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're going once a day, that's the once a day that you're sitting on your phone anyways, and you can find five influencers right then and there. Over time, that's 150 influencers. That makes sense. I mean, well, I mean, is, is that is there is there too many to manage? Like, I guess in that capacity, like that's organic. Like again, you're you're creating a lead list. This would be like marketing in general. Of got to create the funnel of that. We're talking 30 percent, 30 percent, and then of those people, are, there's going to be either regular people who will speak to you on an engagement level. I'm assuming you want to build out that list so that it's big enough and consistent enough where it's there's constant content out there uh, in mm -hmm. in your in your world of it, it just depends on your goals right like if you just want to get to like long term hey i just want 30 consistent influencers that like i can just build my brand around and build relationships and for the next year i'm just going to ride these 30 for some it's like i want to get as many people my product as possible um and for some it's multi-layered you know for us at kalo when i was running the influencer program it was like these were the people that we were just seeding product every month and then it was people that we had monthly, you know, organic posts going live, almost like an affiliate before there was affiliate tools. And then we had like just UGC content that we were getting for repurposed as ads. And then we just had 
people that like Dale Earnhardt Jr. that signed a long year contract with us and was kind of like the face of the brand. He had his own product line, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But those are that's a $30 million brand that has multi-levels and we were spending a million a year on influencer marketing. So that's a lot of money. That's a, money, a lot of coin to be spending on influencers. Not every brand has that, nor has the resources or maybe a, an internal employee like me to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends on like, how do we want to, I'll go back to the question of how you want to get started. The more that you can populate that list, the more that you can outreach to those people and offer your product, the better numbers you're going to get and the more relationships that you can start getting. And that's where that compounding value can start building momentum. At, at the risk of sounding like a like a curmudgeoned like marketing person, can, can influence... I'm only 32, man. I, I've seen a lot, but in, in this capacity of for the audience, traditional media, there's still a, a factor and there's still a lot of like reach in terms of the capacity. Social media is so wide ranging. It, it's like the, the, the metaverse as, as, has been dictated is so yeah. wide and reaching and you can get for, hit from a bunch of different ways. And of course, like there's the, the likes of the crackdowns and privacy in terms mm-hmm. of like, uh, people don't like Facebook doesn't like uh, or Amazon doesn't like Facebook a lot anymore. They won't reward traffic to their for Amazon sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, they like, uh, for example, Pinterest, like it's constant. It's constantly like who's in the good graces of all these different things. So many different platforms constantly are created there. You can be everywhere and anywhere, but it, it seems like there's a lot of places you can be an influencer on. Um, again, Instagram, Facebook consistent. There's Twitter. There's, you know, there's, shoot there's there's all these different places but going back to like the traditional media of like news outlets or i'm just getting uh editorial pieces or just magazines and stuff like that is there a component of which this also works in that world of hey those influencers still like write for the washington post or they go for um, fox news or whatever it is like whoever you are trying to reach i mean i'll I'll just I'll kind of go back to like what Gary Vee says all the time. It's just like, you want to be where your consumers are. <laughs> so like just where are your con- consumers spending time and be there. Um, so if you're, if your brand, like if your consumers are spending a lot of time in the Washington post and you have data behind that, then sure. You know, like find an editor or find an influencer that can be posted there. But you know, for most e-commerce brands that like we work with a lot of time, like it's Instagram and TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, those platforms. Um, but yeah, I would never argue against if, if a brand came to us and said like, this is where people are buying. Right. And I'd be like, great. Let's, let's try to get people that have influence over those areas or built followings in those categories. Yeah. And a lot of people, if they're, if they're new to the space and again, lots of, lots of different brands are constantly coming into market. They, they want to know like, how does, how does this setup work? How do people get paid eventually? Like, let's say you have this great network. I'm working with you and that team. People have heard of influencer marketing, but uh, how they, how they get compensated, not always, not always um, to the point of so transparent um, in terms of that capacity. I've worked in affiliate marketing for multiple different companies. So I get it at the genesis of what it is, but for you guys and your team, is it as simple as affiliate marketing, commissionable, trackable information of like, promo codes, links, um, or just like straight uh, impression play? Is that is that where you guys are working in those dynamics of how influencers are getting compensated for working with brands? Well, 
most of the time when we're doing seating packages for brands, we're not paying one influencer just because. Right. Right. Let's take it a step further. But once you actually engage with them and you want to start that working relationship, like you said, when you were working at, you know, Dale Hernard had his own year long contract. Like when you get to that point, the in-between step of someone not so big, but you also want to like pay for, Hey, I'm going to consistently post about you guys for once a month or once a week or something like that. What's that step before that major contract happens? Yeah. I mean, I, I think affiliate programs are, are a way to scoop up money off the table of the way the influencers. So like giving them a link for them to share and rewarding them based on your commission. The way that I would think about it is just, if you can think about it from an AOV perspective, like comparing it to like what you're spending on Facebook, if you can reward them enough to share it enough, um, make that commission enough for them to be a, attractive. Um, so yeah, it, it's just basically thinking about it from like car- comparing it to like your CPA target. So if you have like a $40 AOV, paying the influencer 10 bucks, which would be 25% is cheaper than paying 20 bucks to Facebook in that yeah. scenario. That's obviously yeah. like a lower AOV, but so that's kind of like a way to think about it just from an affiliate perspective. Um, but yeah, there's certainly a percentage of spend behind their content within that account or a percentage of revenue that they acquire through their content. I think when it comes to like contracts that you can have, I always suggest is like, once you've identified people that perform well within your ads or that you really like their content, just paying them for UGC creation and then maybe having them post one of those assets just because they treat their organic socials like, like a TV network. So they charge impressions. Most, yeah. Yeah. They charge the most for that. Um, so I'll just try to think about it as more like UGC content creation uh, than organic distribution. Gotcha. So is the, is the major play that you would, you would maybe teach people is that the constant seating approach of, because there's so many different people emerging every time again, that we're naturally just getting naturally again, dumping. Um, there's more people coming to the market constantly that you live in that space of not exploit, but work with the new emerging people constantly. So you don't have to put all the resources yeah. into one, one channel or what's, no, what's I would that? say like, I would, I would love for, for brands to build like, kind of what I referenced earlier, what I had at Kalo, just like an influencer pyramid and like the foundation mm-hmm. is seeding, but then you move up and you have, as people, you know, love your brand, dig your brand, they've proven success, work with them, contractualize with them, um, you know, get them on an affiliate program, get them on a UGC contract. And then um, as certain categories show themselves to be really successful, maybe find a macro partnership that can represent your brand, be a flag bearer, be that big face that can drive retail partnerships um, mm-hmm. like Dale did for us at Kalo with, with Lowe's and Home Depot and REI. Like that was a big name that got us into those stores. Um, so there's definitely valuable in those partnerships. I just think like you don't have to just jump from zero to, okay, I'm going to pay Dale and Jr. 200 grand. Exactly. Yeah. It's not scalable and you don't know the actual return on it. It's, it's that's the small right. steps in between. Um, what, what's a, what's an example you can share with us, Cody, that is a bad way to build influencer marketing program without naming names and like crucifying yourself to like the, the branding world out there, but what's a bad way to start your influencer or build your influencer marketing program? 
is there one like now that's operating you're like they will not last um no i don't none really come to mind because all of them a lot or a lot that i see is still operating in that transactional nature so like what i referenced earlier of just they're just trying to get as many one-off posts as possible and again long term that just does not reap what they're going for it's like the behavior doesn't match the belief system because nobody says like, oh, I don't really care about a community or I don't really care about influencers. I just want as many one-off posts as possible, but they operate in that way. So I think that's where people are missing it. They're settling for like that short-term hit, you know, like the little maybe boost in sales that they get from that one post. But the more that they do it, they kind of see those one-off things hit sometimes. Most are probably not. Let's just be real. Um, but maybe they get, you know, a boost of follower count and that hits the dopamine too. So it's just like, they're just constantly trying to hit this. Um, but short answer, no, I'm sorry. I don't have like the no, that you'd put on the front of this YouTube, you know, um, <laughs> I don't have anyone. I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm going to say Cody, Cody's literally dumping on like this, this company. We're going to, yeah. we have a theme and I have to stick, uh, stick strong with this. Didn't think they would turn this way today. Here we are. Um, I think because it's so like evolutionary and there's, again, I say brands are speedboats. Um, big brands are the cruiser ships of it's hard mm -hmm. to, it's hard to switch in a moment's notice and like work with those small people or the people who are emerging quickly and really focus on that um, without spending like all your time doing this and reaching out. Is there like, is there like a way that, that feels I mean, like you said, it's, it's just engaging and say, hey, no strings attached, reaching out to these people. Is there, should I look for a certain metric as well as like, I know in that seating round there's metrics, but as I build out my influencer marketing program, what metrics do I need to really worry about versus the ones that are fake and are arbitrary and they get my dopamine going and I feel like I'm going to take over the world essentially? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, there's, three but i'll focus on just two the the two the third the third that i'm not going to mention is basically just like seating just becomes cac like it just becomes cost to acquire a customer um in theory like that's like mm -hmm. the best way to relate it to that category. very simple yeah yeah the second category is as you the more customers influencers that you acquire through the cost of sending your product the second category is just like the price per piece of creative so the content that you're actually able to generate from these influencers post iOS 14 world, like content is just so important and like brands are always after more content. So influencers can be a great source. And so the more that you can populate your content library, um, the better that that's going to lead to the ways that you can repurpose that content. And so for us, like a lot of time that's repurposed within that account, within Facebook, just to be specific meta. Um, and, uh, that's where, I mean, you're, you're just judging it based off like return on ad spend at that point after you're using this content. So again, those are kind of like, as it's starting to build out, um, at the beginning, I would just think about, man, how many, how many people can I get these hands or my product in the hands of these influencers? Um, and a way to think about it is just like from a CAC perspective, because you are, it is a cost to you, but it's just the cogs of your product. Yeah, sorry. I had to mute myself because I have a dreaming dog behind me under my desk right now. So if you're woofing in the background, don't freak out, everyone. <laughs> I'm listening to this. There's no like child in danger. She's just dreaming, trying to chase something. 
um, that in that case, um, is there like an inspiration, like, because you had to build this out and, and this was all organic, like you had to do this on the fly. Um, what are those inspirational ways of brands that you kind of, you think that are doing it the right way and you kind of model or like you say, Hey, like this, this is the brand that no one knew about because through this, apart from the one that you built themselves that you kind of like are envious or like, shoot, I should have thought about that. And that that's a great way to, to take it to another level. Is there innovation in the space that you're really, because you're working with so many brands that you're just, man, that was a great idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's like necessarily like novel ideas right now. Um, but I think two that come to mind are just Lululemon and Gymshark that were always like in my mind as ones that were kind of ahead of the space and Gymshark really got its start through seating. Um, you know, like their story is like, I mean, Ben Francis started out of his garage and he just started hitting fitness events, just passing out apparel to all these different fitness influencers on YouTube. Um, so that was like, one of his starts that kind of is hint, hint, uh, an inspiration for seating as well. But um, since then they've had multiple funnels and they take care of their athletes really well. And so they have a full functioning like program that's really inspiring. They, I think they do it the right way. Um, and Lululemon, just like the way that they thought about ambassadors, it wasn't always necessarily like the biggest people with the biggest following. And that means like that's the right influencer for us, but who's like the right fit and who's going to actually represent this category really, really well. Um, I think that's always, you're on the right track, you know, because people get caught up in the vanity metrics. So there are always ones that were kind of like, who the heck is this person? I've never even heard of them, but they were just like, they represented yoga or they represented rock climbing like really well, but they just weren't like the biggest name. So those are two kind of like top of my head. Yeah. I was going to say one that kind of took me by surprise in the kitchen space. I've worked in home and, home and garden before, but the kitchen space, it kind of took me by surprise. Uh, once I started paying attention, they, they became everywhere. Um, is our place, are you familiar with like, it's mm. just a, it's a pie or a pan. And if you go to like Food Network or any cooking channel, my God, they're everywhere on, on um, their spend on like YouTube TV and stuff like that is phenomenal. But then also on social media, it's all these different, one off uh, suggested for you again, feedback, Facebook is trying to feed you all this content of like suggested yeah, yeah. for you. Um, it's not really an ad, but it is for that brand of product, but it's from a different influencer. I'm like, again, like I get like you, everyone's <laughs> populating this, this product. And if you search for it, I'm sure it'll pop up too. But I think the company's called our place and it's just a one pan, but it's, uh, it's supposed to be an all, all everything it can do is like, can take away like seven pieces of cookware or something like that. So, I mean, I paid attention. I was, I almost, I don't think my wife is listening to this right now, but like, uh, yeah, that, that was a, that was an easy, uh, check mark for the, the holiday well, season. Well, I'm, I'm scared. Sure. To, I'm scared to look them up because then I'll enter into their funnel and then I'll just be, well, like, yeah. Yeah, I'll just be hitting funnels am stuff. funnels amazing, but it's not even like their brand. So I, I guess like to that question too, it made me think, can you be, can it get lost? Your brand get lost um, amongst like all these different competing like influencers of like, come follow us. This is a great product, but like the the name or the logo is 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 what's really at the forefront instead of the product itself. Can that be a, a negative for influencer marketing, or is it really in any sort of negative um, outcome to influencer marketing that people need to be wary of? 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, influencers that are posting different brands or competitors all the, all the time, I would stay away from those that are posting one brand today and then other competitor tomorrow. Um, but I don't see any negatives of people that are consistently posting the same things that they really believe in. Because I think that's, because mm-hmm. some people aren't, aren't going to dig it and maybe get annoyed of it and unfollow them. But then there's going to be the, those that are like, yeah, I, I really like that too. Or I really believe in them too, or just simply not bothered by it. Um, I think, I mean, studies show, and there's a lot of data around this, which is like most people are unfazed by the hashtag sponsored or hashtag ad. Um, and most people are looking to those influencers for recommendations um, yeah. because they value that person. They trust well, even that. Na- even nowadays, it's, I mean, like you're, I'm sure like the, the marketing for BuzzFeed is is a plenty right now because it's firing off all these different like products that you can find going through stories of, hey, shop this right now. Um, depending on your like search history, it's again, data is scary in the negative context, but it's also awesome because it can be very cultivated to you as a profile, which is also yeah. positive. You don't want to take the step further and, and be creepy about it. So there's that, there is that fine line. So Cody, I guess in the last couple of like minutes I have with you today, what's like the future look like in influencer marketing? Is it consistently tying to like meta uh, slash Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or is there other ways that this is going to evolve and you kind of see that coming? You just don't know how that's going to evolve yet, but it's coming. Is there, what's that future look like for you guys? Yeah, I think more, more focus on the content will be continued to, be the focus, which I think is a great thing. Um, so less focus on vanity metrics, more focus on content. I think TikTok really, really made an impact on that when like short form content became like the focus and the way that their algorithm works. It's not like the, with the for you page, it's not, you know, based on who you're following or other people that you're following, but it's just based on the content that you're consuming and how it feeds you that same content. Um, so I, I hope it continues to go down that route. Um, But I think we'll continue to see brands and influencer created brands, you know, or like owner influencer owned brands uh, more and more. I know that was, you know, kind of an up and coming thing, like even less than a year ago or two years ago. Um, You'll start to see that more with like macros creating their own brands and author the audiences that they have. Absolutely. Well, that's really cool. Um, I, I want to thank you today too, because I'm always learning new things of, I, I think the processes makes more sense of, you know, constantly, um, you know, it's almost like farming, like you have to, you know, seed the field. And, and again, it, I, I think the metrics are also important to know, like if that's a benchmark that you're shooting for, keeping in mind an awesome takeaway that listeners can take of, hey, of what you put out there, 30% of that, hopefully shoot for 30%. If your product's amazing, then, um, then you, you're in the right field and it's hopefully more than 30%. But um, I think that's so fascinating of everyone nowadays. I love the fact that certain people can become an influencer just out of sheer women. I'll, I'll share this example with you. And I think it's a cool idea of um, with the Amazon brands putting inserts in, obviously they can't ask for reviews or there's certain things you cannot ask for. Um, it's listed in the terms of services. But what I saw is the most creative thing I found fascinating was business put in insert that says, hope you like our product. If you like our brand or product, share a video on TikTok, put the hashtag 
brand uh, unboxing yeah. video or something like that. And if it gets to a certain threshold, like we'll send you a hundred bucks or something like that. Everyone instantly is like, hell yeah, I want to become an influencer. I want to become uh, something that's famous and maybe get a hundred bucks out of it just by sharing it. That's organic content that you're building out for yourself of you're not right. paying anything, but the promise of if it gets to a certain view threshold, like there's a couple of metrics of send us your order ID, um, send it like tag us in it and make sure you'd use the hashtag in because at a certain level. Yeah, of course that content we're going to pay you for. And that's amazing. And like, I love that idea. Well, let's, let's call, let's yeah, work for there. So, uh, for your, for your people in the future, um, <laughs> if they want to be on right. like build, build influencers from the organic nature of people buying your products anyway. So I think, it's right. cool. um, yeah. Um, one of the more fascinating ways to, to build out an audience, followers, things like that, without saying you have to do step X, Y, Z, like us, follow us, like right. this page. Right. It's just yeah. one easy, simple, unified metric. So cool stuff I like that. Cody, think is for people who want to like, if they want to learn more about Kinship yourself, they want to walk through these processes um, saying like, Hey, I want to work with you. I want to like get, throw some ideas around you. Like you said, appreciate you're, you're talking with customers all the time and potential clients. What is the best way to connect with you and follow yeah. or reach out? I'm very active on Twitter and Instagram. So you can just connect me with there at Cody Wittick. Um, and then if you're there, since you're connecting with me, you're connecting with my agency. Um, but Kinship, K-Y-N-S-H-I-P.co. You can connect me with us there. Um, but yeah, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Influencer of his own company. That's what we like to see. So. <laughs> You're, uh, you're the only the influencer. I don't know how many influencers are for Kinship, but hopefully this is a, a cool way to get the brand out there. And we appreciate you sharing your insights and knowledge and great success. Hopefully um, things are looking good for, I'm sure the holiday season is really busy for you. So just taking some time today to talk with our audience and uh, learning some stuff. And now friend of the show, uh, Cody Wittick of Kinship. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you, Cody. And then thank you, everyone else who joined in on Crossover Commerce. We appreciate your time today. Awesome uh, Friday conversation that we had here on Crossover Commerce. So uh, if you like what you hear, obviously go ahead and follow us on social media. Share this with your audience as well and tag either Cody or myself or Ping Pong Payments in it. We'll love that following as well. We talked about organic following. This is how you do it. Uh, you build a podcast in a year and you put out content. You build that consistent muscle and you share it with your audience as much as possible. Um, if you liked what you heard, just let us know what you liked and what you didn't like, what your thoughts are. Um, we'd love to hear from you as well. That being said, this is Crossover Commerce, my corner of the internet. We'll be back next week with lots of great content. Make sure you guys tune in and uh, subscribe to us on social channels to be notified of future episodes of Crossover Commerce. We'll catch you guys next time. Have a good weekend. Take care.